0: To thee. how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read to you again the Word of God from... Isaiah 25. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. And He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, The veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Pam and Debbie, I think of your dad and immediately, believe it or not, what comes to mind is food. Obviously, in his, his last few years, uh, keeping weight on him was a challenge, and that he knew, and it became the source of a lot of our, our discussions, but also I think of food because despite the fact that we could not get the guy to put some weight on, I saw him at restaurants all the time. In fact, shortly after I came here, he and Lindy took my wife and I out to Bartaletti's for all-you-can-eat chicken and spaghetti, and Myron go back, get more, right? A um, number of times, uh, TNT, Solberg's Greenleaf, I'd, I'd bump into him. In fact, that last one at Greenleaf was just uh, a couple months ago. Uh, he was there for lunch as I was leaving with a group of pastors. Uh, he was there as well. Uh, he, uh, Myron loved cutting the grass here at the church. Uh, I know I had a uh, couple of visits with him at his house in his driveway. Bob Thone would be over there and they'd be tinkering. I saw that in the obituary. I loved that. Uh, working on Myron's own lawnmower, snowblower. Um, he told me last spring, this would be not, well, spring of 2021, I think it was, um, that he had planned to help cut grass here at the church this summer. Now, we have one of those big zero-turn radius riding mowers. And I told him, Myron... If you're going to ride that thing, you need to get on like a three-cheeseburger-a-day diet so that thing doesn't bounce you off in front of it. Um, that, uh, that struggle, though, um, that occurred in his body is obviously a, a reminder of why we gather on this day in the face of death, that we do live in a world that's broken, fallen, filled with sin, and the, the reading from 1 Corinthians says that the power of sin is, is death. Um, we know, all of us should know, or at least you have been told, that Jesus Christ is the Savior from sin, death, and the devil. He's our Lord, our Lord of life. The one who triumphed over the grave on Easter morning. And we visited at the the funeral home about some of the Bible texts um, that I had read to Myron while I was there visiting him in his, his last days. But one that I don't think I did read to him, and yet I kept coming back to, was Isaiah 25. Because Isaiah 25 describes a feast. How fitting as we stand here on the cusp of thanksgiving when we will feast, many of us in our homes, and do so hopefully with a spirit of thanksgiving for all that God has given to us. But the idea of a feast is perhaps one of those um, images of heaven that we don't often stop to think upon. You see, the Bible, what it does is it gives us a lot of pictures of heaven, of eternity, and what that will be like. And the Bible needs to do it in pictures because obviously, as sinful fallen human beings that we all are, the concept of heaven is beyond even our wildest imagination. So, for example, um, we often picture heaven as, well, a place where we sing. I remember as a a child growing up here at Our Redeemer, Myron and I shared that in common. We both grew up with Our Redeemer as our home congregation. I always pictured heaven as looking kind of like this place right here, but there were lots of clouds And we were always singing. Well, that's actually a picture that comes right out of Scripture. In fact, one of those readings that, one of the last readings I shared with Myron from Revelation 7 was from All Saints Day, just a few days earlier. The saints gathered before the throne of God, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and singing their songs of praise. That's one of the pictures of heaven that the Bible gives us. In the book of Revelation, the very last chapters, 21 and 22, heaven is described as a city, the new Jerusalem. And in that city there is a tree of life, like the Garden of Eden with a river running through it. It's a paradise. The great author C.S. Lewis, who some of you might know from the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. He wrote in his great book The Great Divorce of people who visit heaven even before their eternity and what it would be like and he describes a heaven that is so real that we can't even begin to comprehend it. So for example, the people who are there visiting, they can't put their hand into the river or the stream because their hands aren't able to pierce it. The grass is green, and they know to call it green, and yet it's a color like they've never seen before in their mind's eye. But perhaps the picture of heaven that the Bible gives us most often is that of a feast. Jesus uses it repeatedly. The book of Revelation as well describes heaven as being the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a wedding feast where the bride of Christ, the church, joins in celebration with Christ himself for all of eternity. And then Isaiah 25. The Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast Of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. There are a lot of reasons that people will feast. We customarily here at our Redeemer, and we will do it here today. We will gather in the fellowship hall following the service, and we will eat a meal. We will do it as a, a gathering together of family and friends and Brothers and sisters in Christ of Myron. We'll gather together on holidays like like Thanksgiving. We celebrate with meals at, at weddings and graduations and all sorts of things. We market with food. But the greatest feast of all is a celebration of what Christ our Lord has done for us but he did for Myron. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, rich food full of marrow, aged wine well-refined. He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. Death, the veil that covers all nations, that touches every single person. Myron, each and every one of us, every person you encounter... Feels its impact every day. Lives that are continually broken, hurting, temptation, filled with grief, filled with sorrow. It's all death. But there is a celebration, a feast that lasts. For all eternity. The joy of that celebration never ends because death has been swallowed up forever. In God's church, we get a taste of that feast. Every time we gather for the supper of our Lord, Holy Communion it gave me such joy as a pastor that Myron not only wanted it in his last days, he was asking for it. In that meal, we taste and see that the Lord is good. Good that though death is all around us, we have a Jesus who lives, who is the resurrection and the life. That we can even celebrate in the middle of sadness here and now because though death is before our eyes, Life wins the day. (laughs) Not just the day, but for all eternity. At, I don't think it was the last time I visited Myron, but perhaps the time before it, um, I spoke to him about words that are found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. It's a song sung by an old man named Simeon. Simeon was a man who had been promised that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of Israel. And on the 40th day of Jesus' life following his birth, his mother and earthly father Joseph brought the child Jesus to the temple, and Simeon held that child in his hands. In saying words, we're going to sing towards the end of our service. We call them, by their Latin name, the noctimitis, means now depart. Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen the glory of your salvation. Myron knew the peace that could only come through his Lord Jesus Christ. Held that peace in his hands in Holy Communion, tasted it with his own mouth. I can tell you with certainty that despite the visits to the restaurants of the area and the rumors, though I guess there's photographic evidence to back it up, that he used to be a man closer to my size. There was no food ever as sweet for Myron or for you and me as what our Lord Jesus gave him in his death and resurrection. And that is the meal. The feast that lasts forever. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, dear family and friends of our brother Myron, be glad and rejoice. Death has been swallowed up forever. Myron's life has not ended. He, now with all of us, awaits our joyful reunion in the life that will last forever. When just as Christ is raised, we shall be raised as well. Raised (laughs) to Myron's great delight to feast together, to share in the good gifts of God for all eternity. Thanks be to God that Myron knew those gifts and enjoyed those gifts in his earthly life. and That he now enjoys the best gifts for all eternity. And that he will live again and we shall live with him. In faith in Christ, clothed in the white robe of righteousness. To have a place at that eternal feast of celebration. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.